0: Precious Father we love you We honor you We thank you We appreciate you We thank you For the privilege Of knowing you Knowing your ways Thank you for the Holy Spirit of God who enables us to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. Continuously giving us understanding of the revelation of the person of Jesus. That he may be glorified in us and we may glorify him. We thank you for the honour of sharing in your word. For thy word is light, illumination and the truth that gives life. Thank you dear Jesus for your grace. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. Good evening. How are you? I'm also good. Bless the Lord. You know, God has no race. He is raceless. In other words, he does not subscribe to any culture, to any tradition, to any race or ethnic group. He is a spirit. important that we acknowledge that because sometimes we view god through the lens of our cultural ethnic backgrounds we are almost deceived to thinking that we can worship or relate with God anyhow. And that couldn't be further from the truth. And it's important that we understand that God is to be worshipped and related to in his own way in accordance to his prescriptions. That means doing that which satisfies the ordinances, rather the prescriptions of God rather than our own is what really matters and it's what's important because we tend to orientate our lives, especially our Christian lives with the notion that we are central to how we approach God, how we relate with God. But that's, that's not the case. It is more important than we find out and know what God prescribes or the order that God lays down for us to relate to Him, worship Him, and to serve Him. And that has nothing to do with whether you are black or white, Jew or Gentile. It has everything to do with the order that God has laid out. And this is so important because many of us are unable to attain the desired outcomes or consequences in life because of that glitch. The expectation of life is that we please God. That is more important than our own conveniences our own needs and our own desires. And I think there has to be a change in Christian perspective in our relation to God. Only then can we really get into knowing and understanding who God is because then we would be living for serving Him instead of Him serving us because God is not a waiter. Is God And everything Is Peripheral to Him And that's That's so important That means God is more important Than how we feel He's more important than what we think He's more important than what we go through he is more important than what we face. That is how we should look at life. From his view, from his perspective. Because if we look at life through our own view then I can tell you that the majority would conclude that there is unfairness in God, right? Because why should I go through this? Why should I face this? Why should my life be like this? Because you are thinking that the purpose of God's existence is to give you a good life (laughs) whereas that's not the case you understand The, the purpose of god is not to 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 survey over your life to ensure that things go right and go well and nothing goes wrong but That's how the majority of us think Right And that's why we have many Christians Who are angry at God (laughs) Who have beef with God Because God didn't do this Or God didn't do that And they didn't like it Question is Who's God? You or Him? That's a question. Is it is it you or is it him? So what 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 I'm trying to get our minds at is the fact that we need to respect God. We need to respect God. And we need to Shun from the disrespect we show him every time things don't go as we would have liked or would have hoped in our lives. It's not his fault because he is never at fault. So, We should never allow our culture, our background, our environment, our circumstances to paint the wrong picture about God. Because God is outside and beyond all those things. And I think there's there's a lack of the understanding of who God really is we are we are his workmanship we exist for him it's not the other way around we exist for him we live for him and once you understand that once you really get an understanding of that idea then all of a sudden life's life changes because then you'd understand that it's, it's much better being at the mercy of God. It's much better being under God's authority, under God's governance than in any other place. Because anywhere outside that place, that rulership is destruction and hell. So when I look at life I should always be considering what is the mind of God the wisdom of God what is the thinkings of God behind this not I want God to change this God why are you not changing this huh uh-uh. Is 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 to so try and understand the thinkings of the supreme deity to which we all owe our existence to. I hope I'm making sense. I hope I'm making sense. So we need to respect the Lord respect his person and and stop putting god under trial in our lives you must understand that fundamentally this this is something that we must understand that fundamentally the structure of life the structure of the world was affected deeply when Adam sinned in the garden. And the only way to repair that is for the recreation of the earth, for God to restart. And until that restart happens, we will have experiences in the world that reflect the disobedience of man. And this brings me to what really I want us to talk about and discuss this evening. Then, what is the ministry of Jesus Christ? If 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 the flaw in the cosmos had fundamentally disrupted how the flow of life would happen and is still happening, what then is the ministry of Jesus Christ? What then is the the relevance of Jesus Christ to mankind and to this world? Because there must be some relevance and significance that Jesus holds To men, and we need to find out why the world, its systems, its the cosmos, the infrastructure of the cosmos did not change in terms of. The flow structure, uh, or, I mean, the, the, the flow frameworks of life, it did not change. Man still sin, man still suffer, man still fall prey to sicknesses and diseases. The elements still give way and bring forth calamities upon the earth. But Jesus has come. Jesus has died. Yet, that which had been occurring since the dawn of mankind is still taking place. What then? is the relevance? What then is the ministry and meaning of Jesus Christ? What should he mean to you? Is there hope? Is there hope for us? Is there hope for you? Are we doomed? Will we continue to be under the auspices, under the heel of the pressures of the elements in this world? What then, what then does this mean for us? Uh, faith personalizes faith can give you an individualized experience of that which Jesus accomplished. Only faith can. So I want us to look at the ministry of Jesus Christ toward us, toward our lives. and come to some or deduce some some truths that we can utilize in our lives. But it's really important that we also consider the, the ministry of the man that Jesus came to substitute. Because that will give us clues into the ministry of Jesus Christ. God, in Genesis, we all know, we've read that multiple times, created man in his own image. And he said that that man was to have dominion in the earth. Effectively, God gave man rulership he gave man godship god status in the earth and man was supposed to rule this earth with you know the directives that he would receive from god almighty and and really that is the picture of the dawn of mankind that man was originally created by God as God. I'll repeat that. Man was originally created by God as God. So God created man as God. Do you understand? The Bible says, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that Satan is the god of this world. Satan is the god of this world. Now, here's a question. Are angels gods? How is it that this being could, could, could become something he was previously not? That means that the the the, the 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 characterization of God has more to do with a title than it has to do with nature. Right? I'm here I'm talking about the inference of the title G O D, small G O D. That when God made man God. He gave him the title of God. He gave him the authority, the benefits of God. So Adam was created by God as God. So Adam was actually God in the earth. Now we're looking at it from the original perspective that Adam had a ministry. The ministry of Adam was to be God. The ministry of Adam was to be a God to civilization. Was to be a God to creatures of God in the earth. Let him have dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the face of the earth. So Adam, his first ministry was to be God. So the first man had a ministry and that ministry was to extend the dominion of Elohim, of God in the earth. Because he said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Our image and after our likeness. So God created man in his image to be God. So Adam had a ministry. And that ministry was to be God. Uh, remember, because I know somebody might be listening to this and say, No, this is heretics this is this is hypocrisy, but wait just a minute. God called Moses, and while he was laying out his assignment to him, Moses began... To rebuttal God and like, nah, I can't do this. I'm a man of stature. And 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 God began to make arrangements. And then God said something. He said, Here's your brother, Aaron. He's coming to meet you. He said, You, 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 you shall, he shall be a prophet to you, and you shall be God to him. So God gave gave Moses the title of Godship. He says, you shall be as God to him. He shall be your prophet. So what I'm saying is not the first time that you should be hearing this because there are accounts in the scriptures where God has, has, has laid it out. But because we have Fallen so far from grace and the glory of God that such a concept, such an idea seems blasphemous. While it is not, it is not. Because God created and the frustration that man experiences today is that he's unable to lay control over his life. <laughs> he's unable to take a hold of his life and structure it in a way that a God would because he lost that authority. So, so, so the ministry, the first ministry of man was to be a God to the world. So Adam was the first God the world had. When we look into the matters of the garden and what really got into them, we need to extrapolate certain revelational aspects to understand really what was going on in the garden because he he was not made to be lord over the garden. He was created to be lord over the earth. The earth was... Was God's assignment for Adam, not the garden. Not the garden. You could almost view the garden as as, as, as a resource facility. And I want to I want to show you why I say that. Right? I want to show you why I say that because not all was well. When Adam was created, the picture of Eden is not the picture of the earth. So, the the, the luxury, the luxurious, glorious life in Eden was not a true reflection of the entire earth. The earth was a mess. There was no system, there was no cosmos. So God determined that from Eden, a cosmos that reflects the presence, the nature, the characteristics of God would then be formed. So when you look at Eden, you're looking really at at the resource center or the groundwork for the, the creation of the cosmos, the arrangement of the world, because the world was a wilderness, the earth was a wilderness. Yes, the earth was a wilderness. And it was the assignment of Adam to bring forth a cosmos that would later be the cause or the machinery, the system behind the world. So Adam was charged with that assignment. Let me show you something. Revelations, chapter number 22. And he shewed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life. There was the tree of life, which bear 12 manner of fruits and yielded up fruit every month. And this is what I want to show you, right? And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. This right here proves that The earth needed healing. That the earth was sick when Adam was created. That the very, one of the very purposes behind his creation was to administrate the healing power over the nations through the creation of cosmos. So, look what, look, Look what the Bible says. It says, And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now, in Eden, we know that there was the tree of life. Now, John is seeing the tree of life and he's giving characteristics of that tree. In Genesis, the characteristics of those tree is not given us. All we are told in Genesis is that this tree is the tree of life. We don't know in Genesis that this tree of life bears 12 fruits. We don't know in Genesis that this tree has leaves and those leaves are for the healing of the nations. That means if the leaves are for the healing of the nations, that means the fruits are for the nations as well. So Eden seems to be some kind of resource center that, that a base of Adam's operations in administrating the assignment that God had given him. So somewhere in creation all over the earth there was there was a misalignment and, and this is this is what I want us to understand the earth did not get messed up when Adam came. Or Adam sinned. It was already a mess. It was already a mess. And God had done one part of that through the recreation. That was one part. But you can see when you begin studying Genesis, you 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 can see that the, the, there was there was there was Tohu Bohu that God did not fully complete. So there was a certain element of the Tohu Bohu that was left in the earth. So the earth remained a wilderness. And it was up to Adam. Remember what he said be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth be fruitful multiply and subdue the earth that was the blessing that god gave adam be fruitful multiply and subdue the earth ha huh. so he had a ministry a production ministry a multiplication ministry a ministry to flourish upon the earth a ministry to subdue the earth now you don't subdue anything that is not rebelling you don't you don't you don't, you don't subdue anything that is not in rebellion that means there were certain species that were in rebellion and and those those species what the Bible terms the sons of God, the stars of heaven. These are the beings that fell with Satan. Remember what the Bible says. The Bible says that he drew a third of the stars of heaven, which were the third of the angels of heaven. And the Bible says they were cast down to the earth. That means when the that war ensued in the heavens between Michael and his angels and, and, and Satan and his angels, when Satan lost, Michael threw him to the earth with all a third of the star. So there was, the earth was already populated with these beings and these entities. And remember, there are more of these beings than there are human beings currently today. So they they, they were in their billions. And they were all over the earth. And God assigned Kanfraida, assigned man with the ministry of being God. To subdue, to dominate these entities and simultaneously setting up structures, healing the nations. That's why when, when, when you begin to look into mythologies and 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 all these uh, uh, theories about the existence of entities before man, that is true. And some of those entities have settled down here on earth for, for, for millennia. They've been here millennia. They have offspring, they have children, they, they have systems. And it is it is, it is now it is now through these black lines that are attached or that are related to these entities that Satan is now running the entire system. Now that would not have been the case because God, had Adam not sinned, would have created a black line of supremes that would govern the entire earth. We see a picture of this when God said, To Abraham that in your loins are kings. That out of the womb of Sarah shall come out kings and priests. Out of the womb of Adam would come out gods. That's what God had intended. Gods that would be stationed all over the earth. To run the cosmos. But he failed in his ministry. He failed in his ministry. This opened the door. And and, and before I even go into that, when he failed in his ministry, he forfeited. He forfeited the throne. He forfeited his Godship. And another entity took over. That's one of the reasons why the serpent was not prohibited from being in the garden. That's why he could roam around the garden. Because it was not the prerogative of God to do so, it was Adam. The earth was his. All had now been bequeathed to him. And and, and, and this is this is something that we really need to understand about. About the sovereignty of God, and, and there's a and there's a mysterious operation behind that because some would argue how would God allow it to happen? Why didn't he step in? Because God has integrity, God has integrity, so Adam fails in his ministry. And that failure opens up the world. Not only to sin, the reign or the dominion of sin, but it opens up the world. Because you must understand, sin is, is now the God, after the, after, after the fall, sin is now the God of the world. And, and, and sin introduced a partner called death and sin and death ruled the world until Jesus. So what sin and death did is that it held in bondage all the offspring of Adam, while Satan, who hath now taken over the God titleship, who had now become the God of the world, who had now had the reins and the rights To formulate a system, a cosmos, that served his interest. So that's why the Bible says, when God loved the world, it was the cosmos that God loved. It was the arrangement. So God God so loved the world that he gave his son. He gave his son for the cosmos. Listen, God, God is the supreme ruler of the ages. But the cosmos in which this dispensation had been uh, uh, arranged under was under the rulership of an entity that had rebelled from heaven, that had tried to take or tried to take the throne of God by a coup. Now he was in charge and this system, this machinery, this arrangement in the world was serving his own personal interests, not the interests of God. So that is why fundamentally, there is, there is a, a dilapidation. There is a, an incoherency. There is instability in how the cosmos works. It is designed in such a way that the cosmos always wins, not man. And guess what? Guess what? He used the foundation. He used the foundation of creation to set set up that cosmos. The Bible says, through him, the world was made. Through the logos, the world was made. The, the, there is something powerful about the word of God that I want us to understand. That if you don't fulfill the word of God, anti-spirit's will. If you don't do something about the word that God gave you, remember his word does not return void. His word must accomplish what it has been said. And and his word to Adam, was it void? It was not void. It accomplished what it said. What did he send the word to do? He gave Adam the word to create a cosmos. An arrangement. It it, it is only that, that that cosmos did not serve the interests of God. That's why when Adam failed, God set in motion the manifestation of the kingdom because only the kingdom could eradicate and uproot the cosmos. So this man fails. When he fails, he's cast out and then he dies. In other words, there's a separation, a cessation of communication between him and God. He no longer has a direct line to God. He no longer has direct communication to God. He's dead. The day you eat, you die. And Adam didn't die because he ate the fruit, he died because he disobeyed God. This is something we must understand. It's not a fruit that killed Adam. It is disobedience. It is treason. It was a violation of a covenant. So he failed. In his ministry. As God. So. So. Once you understand this, that sin. Let, let's read it, let's read it. Um, Romans chapter. Romans chapter. Chapter 5. The book of Romans chapter 5. Are we there? Let me read it to you. Listen to this. For when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement. By whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin so that death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. That means the only possibility of death, and this is why the, the picture of the cross is so, it's so powerful. Because, the only way Jesus could die is if he's number one, he sinned or became sin. Because men only die if death finds sin in them. You cannot die if you don't have sin. Sin is the reason for death. So without sin, there can be no death. So the power of death comes from sin. So the presence of sin is what attracts death. The Bible, it's there. It's right there. You can see it. It's right there. It says, wherefore, as, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men because all have sinned. That means, if you stop sin, you stop death. If you stop sin, you stop pain. If you stop sin, you stop suffering. If you stop sin, you stop poverty. If you stop sin, you stop the imbalance on the foundation of man. If you stop sin, if you stop sin, there is no death. So, when Adam sinned and forfeited the ministry of being God, now, a new ministry was now effected on man. It it was called the ministry of death. that ministry affected every single fabric of the world every single fabric of the earth was affected because now the ministry of death was carrying out a charge and what was the charge of the ministry of death kill steal destroy so the earth had a now a new king a new ruler and the name of that ruler was seen and it's strange because every single person that 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 is that is connected to Adam that is born by virtue of being the seed of Abraham is born with sin is born with the stain of Abraham and that gives death the right to pass upon them. It's strange there's something strange in the Bible and I, and I'm not sure if you've ever noticed this there's something strange in the Bible when when Cain kills, Abel and God says, What have you done to your brother? And 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 he said, to him, Mama, brother's keep and all that. And God said to him, and God said to him, God said to him, That the, the, the blood of your brother is crying out to me for justice, and because of that you shall die. And then Cain says this. Then Cain Cain says, You, you have laid a harsh charge upon me. Cain complained to God. That the, the judgment that God was laying on him was unfair. And God rescinded. God, God actually agreed. <laughs> no, can I show it to you? And, and I, I want to tell you what's strange about that. Genesis chapter, I think it's Genesis chapter, chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, verse 9. He says, And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? Now Cain was in shock that God was talking to him. What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood cried unto me from the ground. And thou art cursed from the earth. Which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from my hand. When thou stillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond, thou shalt be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me from the day, this day from the face of the earth, and from the face. From thy face I shall be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him. Listen, God, God, even after even after the gruesome act that Cain did, God still gives Cain the mercy, the mercy of not being killed. He, he actually grants Cain his request. He actually grants Cain his complaint. That no, you will not die. Everybody he curses the man who kills Cain, yet Cain killed his brother. This reveals the 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 the, the fundamental fragility that exists in the world. So Cain sins. He's supposed to suffer and pay. He complains that his punishment is greater than he can bear. And God says, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I understand. So any man who kills you is is cursed. And then God says, and God marks Cain. He gives Cain a mark that prevents him from being killed. Yet Cain killed. What is God God showing us there? God is showing us something that he would do later with Jesus. That when man, by his sin, deserves death, that somebody will pay the debt of his sin to save him from death because God effectively saved Cain from death. The mark saved him from death. And that was the picture of the work of Jesus Christ. That means that even in the darkest, in the, even in the most wickedest, even in the most evil scenarios, God still found a place to reveal the message of Jesus Christ and the cross that the obscurity that exists in creation gave God an opportunity to reveal something about his nature that was previously hidden. So he says by one man sin entered the world and death by sin passed upon all man. So Jesus had a ministry and that's why his first ministry was not to be like God. (laughs) Because that title had already been forfeited to another entity. So his first ministry or the ministry of Jesus Christ was to be seen. the ministry of Jesus Christ was to be seen. Because sin had now become the God of this world. Sin had now given death the rights to cause destruction, to cause pain, to cause obscurity, to cause darkness. And the first ministry of the second Adam was to be that thing that took away the Godship from man. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Adam was created to be God. Jesus was God and he became seen. We, can we read this? Let's read it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's read verse 18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself. Do you see that? Death, the death in Genesis that Adam experienced separated man from God. And God, through Christ, reconciled us to Himself. So Jesus repaired, He mended the connection that man first had with God. Not the Godship. That's why the only only way we can experience divinity, the only way we can exercise the powers of divinity, the powers of deity, the powers of, of, of God given to Adam is through Jesus Christ. Of our own, we are like the naked Adam without power, without his God status. With Jesus, we are as God everything we will ever be after the fall. You see, Adam did not need Jesus to be God. He was created. He did not need Jesus to exercise dominion. He was created. But but sin created something that God would forever deal with in, in, in the forfeiture of man's power to Satan. What did he do? He he. He reconciled power in one man, authority in one man. Then he said, if you want power, if you want to be God, if you want to exercise divinity, if you want to experience the benefits of deity, he says, connect to Jesus. So everything we are is in Jesus. So if you want healing, it's in Jesus. If you want, if you want freedom, is in Jesus. If you want security, is in Jesus. Everything you will ever need, whereas Adam had it, you know, he had it inherently. Now, with me and you, it's with Jesus. So he said, He had reconciled us. Listen, read it. He had reconciled us, reconciled the world unto himself. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. Why? Because if God imputed our trespasses to us, we would die. We would qualify for death. Remember, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is life. Eternal life at death. So... God using Jesus as the instrumentality of this work. He reconciled the world to himself. Yep. Read it. He reconciled the world to himself. The cosmos. You see that? You see that? He took the cosmos from Satan. He took it. He took it from him. Why? Because Satan took it from Adam. And the only way Jesus could reclaim that which Adam lost was if he went through the thing or conquered the thing that conquered Adam. What conquered Adam? It was death. It was sin. So what did Jesus need to do? What was his ministry? What was his service to creation? Is that he must become sin. Remember when John saw him. He said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. And that's why when you look at Jesus and come into the revelations of God in the heavens you don't see a lion. You see a lamb. You see a lamb that had been Slain, you see a lamb that had died, you see a lamb that had conquered. Why? Because his ministering, his ministry to, to restore godship to man, to restore the honor, the glory of God on man, he needed to become that which stole it from him. And he said this. He said, not imputing their trespasses unto them. My God, what a life. What a ministry. To know that God is not charging me for my sins. He. Who. Oh. Oh. Who. Oh. Who. Not imputing. (sighs) Not imputing. He's not charging them for their trespasses. He's not charging us. Like he charged Cain. He's not charging us. All our trespasses. All our sins. He says... They are not imputed on us. That means I should not die. That means I should not perish. Because the reason for perishing is trespasses. The reason for perishing is sin. Now if God is not imputing that sin. is not charging that sin on me. That means I should not die. That means I should not die. That means I should not get sick. Remember, I asked the question, I said, what then is the relevance of Jesus to you and me today? If what happened, what was caused by Adam is still happening today. What then is the relevance of Jesus? Is that he became seen. Oh, there it is, there it is. And have committed to us the word of reconciliation. So God is in the business of reconciliation. God wants to reconcile with the world. He wants to reconcile with the sons of Adam. He wants to reconcile with them. He wants them to know that their charges are dropped. Hey my God, oh, glory to God. Glory to God. He wants you to know that every punishment that was deserving is now removed. He wants them to know that they should no longer be prisoners of death. That they should no longer be prisoners of sin. Now, then we are ambassadors of Christ. As though God did besiege you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. That means the way to God is opened. There's no longer a wall. There's no longer a chasm. There's no longer a gate barred to the path to God. He said, it's open. He said, now be reconciled. That means Edenic glory in your life can be restored. The experience of Eden in your life can be restored because what severed that experience what canceled that experience it was sin it was death but by the reconciliation that Christ Jesus Christ I mean Christ Jesus made possible for us by that reconciliation we can now renew and restore the experience of Eden and even more Even more because the life that Jesus brings does not end with Eden. It begins in heaven. It begins in the throne. It begins in the right hand of God. Eden, from Christ's perspective, is the lesser that's blessed by the greater. So the ministry of sin really to to Christ, to us, is the ministry of life. He came, the Bible says, as a life-giving spirit by becoming sin. By becoming death. By absorbing sin. By absorbing death. Now, listen. Listen to this. If you eliminate sin in the world, if you eliminate death in the world, what's left? Life. Now, Jesus... Jesus has absorbed, eliminated the authority of death. Eliminated, it says he destroyed he that had the power of death. He destroyed him. He eliminated him. He eliminated sin. He became sin. So in the mind of God, in the mind of God, the problem of sin has been dealt with. Why? Because Jesus has fully rendered his ministry. He's finished his ministry. It is finished. It is done. So then we are ambassadors of Christ. We besiege you by us. We pray in Christ's stead that he be reconciled to God. He says in Christ's stead. In other words, he's saying that Christ is besieging you. Christ is begging you. Christ is standing at the doorsteps of every man on earth and is begging them, please be reconciled to God. Your sins are not imputed on you. the, 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 The charges laid against you have already long been dropped. Your case against you has been settled. You have been found not guilty. You have been justified. Please be reconciled to God. Verse 21, For he hath made him He hath made him. He hath made him sin for us. He hath made him sin for us. So Jesus at the cross is the sin that God is judging. Jesus hanging on the tree. Cursed is every man hanging on the tree. Is sin. So every sin of man has been laid and nailed on the cross. And he said, who knew no sin. Jesus was not a sinner. Jesus became sin. He became the very thing that made sinners sinners. He says that we, that we, we'll talk about that next week. Hallelujah! Praise God! Hallelujah! The world needs Jesus. We need Jesus. We need him. He is a necessity. He's a he's a necessity to civilization. Jesus, he's a necessity to civilization. And that ministry of sin he carried out restored the honor of man, the glory of man that God originally laid upon Adam. The ministry of Jesus. That means you can go to God in prayer and say, Father, I thank you that every punishment that was due me Every sin that was, every penalty for sin that was due me is written off against me. You see, the power the devil has over you is connected to sin. The power that God has over you is connected to sin. But the good news is that the problem or the thing that gave Satan the power over you has been dealt with. It has been dealt with, forever dealt with. God is not God do you know that God God is not up in heaven thinking about sin or the solution to sin no the problem of sin has been dealt away with God has has no issues no problems anymore with the subject of sin The only issue now that God is dealing with And how God is dealing with the world. He's dealing with the world now through their faith, through their belief. That's why the only sin that is condemned is the sin of unbelief. And that's the sin that leads men to hell. Because if you believe, if you believe, you are saved. And you don't just believe in God. No, you believe in Jesus Christ. Oh my God. In Jesus. Not just some other. Believe in Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The Lamb of God. That means Jesus is where the story of man changes. Your story Changes with Jesus. That's where if if you ever want. If you ever want your story in life to change. He says believe on Jesus. The ministry of sin. Made us gods again. <laughs> Lift up your hands and pray. Lencro Salafranda, thank you, Father. Shama Le Kranzo Losatragita. Elema Sabariatakoya. How grateful we are. Oh Jesus. Oh, we believe on you. We believe on you, Lomakiata Barade. Levranda le gros tale brande grito salada Inana ina rabadabadi gavande Sikoramande sali cronze le vran le marons sa Thank you Lord Thank you Lord Varaba sikre Len chakranita Mali kran zebrenoto sande glefrananda saila. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we're gonna take offering now. You can send through your offerings, or if you have them now, you can hold it, I'll just pray for them. Then you can give them at an opportune time. Father, we thank you, we bless you, we honor you. You said give and it shall be given. you gave and even as the Lord Jesus Christ said that if we give we shall be sons of God So we thank you for the ministry of giving and receiving and we partake of this ministry that as we give we receive from the Lord God Almighty grace blessings open doors we thank you for all the privileges and benefits that are afforded us in this ministry. And we thank you that through our act of faith in giving, we participate in this ministry and in its benefits and privileges. We receive them into our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah praise God hallelujah well uh, I trust you're blessed we'll continue next week um, the um, tomorrow will be we'll have our prayer service I'll send through